Make an offering to the Lord. says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on, the, on this wise showed he himself. So he's saying, in other words, this is how he did it. They were, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Now, I want you to get the picture. Okay? Jesus has already shown himself to the disciples once. After his crucifixion, after his resurrection, he came and he showed himself. He, he let them know, listen, I'm not still dead. What, what, they, what they were trying to do didn't work. They, they did exactly as I wanted them to do. And I have risen from the dead. And because of that, death has no, no hold in and so, you know, this is just another one of those amazing things that the disciples experienced while walking with Jesus. Now, you know, after having such an incredible experience in, in the, the ministry of Jesus, Jesus, what he did for them, what they saw Jesus do for others, and, and even seeing Jesus himself after they witnessed him being crucified and dying. They saw him being buried. But then after that, they saw him up again walking and talking with them. And he showed himself to them. And so here's this group of men. These are the, the elite, if you will. These are his disciples. Okay, so, you know, you got to get the picture. This isn't just, you know, a few people off the street. These are the ones that are the closest to Jesus. Yeah. They were the ones that he called specifically. 
and listen to the words of Simon. I go a fishing. Wow, what a spiritual thought. Jesus has, has risen from the dead. You would think they would still be all buzz about this. All right, what's about to happen now? You know, sometimes we come into the, the house of God. We come into the presence of God. We have great moves of God. People get healed. People get, you know, delivered. People get the Holy Ghost. And if we're not careful, we can become guilty, the same as Simon Peter here, of saying, I'm going back to what I know. Jesus had specifically called Simon Peter out of fishing. and said, that's it, I'm done with him. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. I, I've invested, you know, three and a half years with this man. I have shown him great things, and he still doesn't get it. He wants to go back just to be an official. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went, and, and, and I, I love the fact this is not my sermon today. I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just really feel like God has something more for us right now. Amen. But see, Jesus said, I've got to, I've got to get this through to them. And I love how Jesus did this. Because Peter said, well, I'm going fishing. And the other said, well, hey, we'll go with you. And so they did. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And guess what? Just like when Jesus called some of them, they went out and they didn't catch anything. All night they tarried and they didn't catch anything. I, I wonder at that point, did, did a thought come in their head of the night when Jesus showed up? For them, and, and when Jesus called them and said, Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I, I wonder if that thought came. But, you know, they, they went back to what they knew. And it says, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. <laughs> Hadn't this happened somewhere before? Yeah. Hadn't they had this experience? I, 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 I just think in myself, and you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it. But you would think that all of a sudden those disciples that were there 
would have been, wait a minute, I don't need to cast a net. That's Jesus. Right. And they still cast a net. And they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitudes of fishes. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it's the Lord. Peter didn't even recognize that it was Jesus at that point. Jesus has such love, such compassion for these men. He was saying, listen, let me go back and, and use something that you already know was of me. Let me use that to show you that I'm still here. Yeah. And my power is still work for you. I'm still here because I love you. I've not left you. See, Jesus understood that there was more that he had for them. He hadn't just called them to be disciples for the, the, the time he was here for this ministry, but he called them here and he put them through this training period. This period of, of understanding the power of God, the power in the name of Jesus. The fact that Jesus is that Messiah that they had been looking for. He wanted to make sure they knew that. And, and now, after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, he's going back saying, guys, listen, don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. I'm still God. And there are things that I have for you to do. Oh, and in one of the, the messages that the Lord spoke this morning, he said, I have chosen you. And I have need of you. Don't lose hope. See, Jesus does not want us just to go back to what we know. We had a, 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 a very powerful service last week. We had a move of God. There were people that were healed. There were things that are done that I don't even know about. There are things that only God knows and time will reveal what was done. And God doesn't want us to come back into his presence and just say, all right, let's uh, let's get back with the order of service. Let's let's kind of get things back to the way they're going. Someone, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Jennifer this morning that was, uh, it was either Jennifer or Sarah this morning that uh, had mentioned that, you know, uh, it was, it was, you know, three or four weeks that, you know, if, if we didn't have preaching today, there's going to be three or four weeks that we didn't have preaching. And I, I was guilty, all right, flesh. I was guilty of saying, well, we can't have that. <laughs> it's the pastor. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sitting over here on the drums, and the Lord starts 
starts dealing with them, saying, well, why can't you? Isn't this my church? Yeah, yeah, it is God's church. Aren't those my children? Absolutely, God. I'm part of that. We're yours. Okay? Well, then why can't I do what I want to do? God, far be it for me to tell you what you can and can't do. If if you want to take over this service, Lord, it's your service. We're here just to worship you. Trust me, I'm not I'm not chastising you this morning. I, I'm I'm working through what God is doing in myself. I, I'm trying to I, I'm trying like some of you to rationalize what is God doing. Yes. And I can tell you what God is doing to some extent. I don't know the the, the full <laughs> mind of God. <laughs> I think my head would explode if I tried to. But God is trying to break us out of our norm. A religious, a religious ritual. You go to to ninety nine percent of churches this morning, anywhere across America, probably anywhere around the world, and there's going to be an order of service that is followed. And, you know, there may be a, a, a little five or ten minute break somewhere in there where God has an opportunity to reach someone, but God, don't get out, don't, you know, don't try to interrupt our order. you got this five minutes that we've dedicated to you. And, and God is trying to get us out of that. If you think about the, the, the life of Jesus as he walked this earth and his ministry, there was not a set order to the way Jesus did things. Jesus showed up and he did what was needed in his own will, in his own way. The thing that, that Jesus tried to instill, and he did, he, he got through to him eventually, but that he instilled in his disciples and those that were followers of him was all you have to do is just be obedient to me. Listen to what I'm saying and do that. Can you imagine if, if the disciples at the feeding of the 5,000, when Jesus broke bread and he said, now go give it to them. If they had looked at that and said, Jesus, there's not enough to give. Jesus, I can't do that. I, I'm going to look foolish if I step out there with this little little piece of bread and this, you know, little you know quarter of a fish you've given me, and say, "Hey, y'all, this group of fifty, y'all sit down. I'm going to give you some bread." <laughs> They'd have laughed at. It. Can you imagine if that had been the disciples' mindset? If that had been their reaction? But no, at the word of the Lord. They said, okay, here we go. Y'all sit down, y'all are fixing to eat. And, and they started, and as they had that, the, it multiplied in their hands. It, the miracle happened in their hands. As they began to give out, the miracle took place.
doing a work in this church right now among you. He's saying, listen, I want you to, to, to not fall into the, the religious order and, and the routine of it has to happen like this. And I believe that the, that the biggest disconnect right now between us seeing the, the miraculous move that God is wanting to, to do in us and through us is us hearing his voice. I don't think that there is anyone here. Oh, I, I know that we would, you know, we would have some, maybe some, some fears and, and you know, there, there would be some things that we would have to overcome. Just because that's, you know, that's our human nature. But I believe that everyone here would, would be able to overcome those and they would be obedient. But Jesus wants us to, to have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit says. Yeah. To have spiritual eyes to see what the Spirit is doing. There, there are, you know, there are some here today that, that you're used in the gifts. But can I tell you that every one of you here today that are spirit-filled, that God desires to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. He does not just choose a few and say, you get this and the rest of y'all, eh, too bad you get nothing. <laughs> He gives those gifts liberal, and he gives them, the scripture says, several. In other words, he doesn't just give you a gift and say, okay, you only do this. He gives us access and availability to all of the gifts because it's whatever is needed. This this has taken a, a, a complete 90 degree turn from, from where I'm Jennifer shared this. I wish I'd have had her send me the post. I could have read it to you. It was it was powerful. There was a man that his uh, I believe it was his wife was in the hospital, right? All right, wife's in the hospital, and and you know he goes to the hospital with her. He's there with her. Isn't that what we do, right? Mm -hmm. That's the normal. And, and so, what do we normally do when we're in a hospital and our our, our wife is there in the hospital? We pray for her. We sit there at the bedside, we, you know, check and make sure they're doing everything right. We bug the nurses, we bug the doctors. Can, wait a minute, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank God for such an incredible one. <laughs> let, me, let me just read this praise report of what this man did. A summary of what has happened at the hospital 
while Sister Watts, uh, through Sister Watts' journey, Sister Watts was the one that was in the hospital. It started when we got here and the doctor said they didn't expect her to make it through the night. Let's set the scene, okay? Listen, your wife's dying. She's not going to live through the night. They said they had never seen a white blood cell count so high. After prayer was made, she got through the first night. The second day, it seemed to get worse. They said that emergency surgery was needed or she would not make it. But they feared if they performed surgery, she wouldn't make it through the surgery. We needed a miracle. So the church began to pray. It's kind of normal, right? right. You know, I mean, listen, we, we hit desperate times. We, we take desperate measures. Yeah. Right. Well, why can't we take desperate measures before we hit desperate measures? That's a different thing. That's a different thing. So the church began to pray. There were certain things that needed to happen for them to feel comfortable enough to do the surgery. One of them was for her blood pressure to come up. Uh, blood pressure was low. Pastor Mark Watts and three ministers were in a room praying over her. As the prayer was going forward, uh, they witnessed her blood pressure go from uh, 74 over 59 to 128 over 96. They witnessed that. They saw it happen as they were praying. Boom. God answered the prayer. After that, she was taken back for surgery. Not only did she make it through the surgery, but the doctor said her body handled it well. After surgery, a nurse was in the in the surgery room with her, or a nurse that was in the surgery room with her, came by the waiting room. Uh, we were out and began talking to the pastor. She said that she had been praying for the Holy Ghost every night. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's 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 an opportunity. Pastor Watts prayed for her and she began to speak in tongues. Amen. That was just the start of what God was going to do. God has, many, God has answered many prayers during this time. From that time until now, 12 people have been filled with the Holy Ghost. From nurses to janitors, patients to family members of the patients, God is pouring out his spirit in this hospital. Amen. He says we, we hold a special time of prayer and worship in the hospital chapel chapel tonight, and the power of God fell. Right. There was somewhere in here they talked about uh, they they went while they were there, they went to see uh, another family uh, or another another man, I think it was a man that was in the hospital, and they were gonna pray with him. And they went up to this room, and, and it was the wrong room. And so they said, well, we're here. Let's go in and talk to them. And so they went in and introduced themselves, said, hey, sorry, we're in the wrong room, but since we're here, would you mind just praying for them? Man and his wife are there. And um, they said, well, sure. And so they, they prayed. I, I guess it was a woman that was in the hospital. One of them were in the hospital. It was a woman. They prayed for her. And she, after their prayer, she said, you know, what, what church are y'all with? And they began to tell them, you know, we're from the you know, Pentecostals. Oh, I was raised Pentecostal, but, you know, I, 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 I've stepped away. And, and, you know, 
I, I've been I've been wanting to get back in church and, and I just I just haven't been able to find my way back. And, and so Pastor Watts just began to pray with her. And she prayed back through to the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Well, let's pray for you, God. Fill you with the Holy Ghost. And so he did right there. Now, now keep in mind, this is the man whose wife was in the hospital. He was supposed to be sitting by her side because they didn't expect her to make it. He didn't go back to just what was common. He went and, and did what God had been leading him to do. I'm sure that, you know, that God orchestrated the people that he met, the ones that he was able to pray with. They were hungry. They, they were searching. This man prayed through to the Holy Ghost that same night in the same room. Listen, God doesn't want us to just be comfortable with normal. That was something as a as a, a, a young person, and, and I, I can be honest with you, okay? Well, some people wouldn't admit this. It bothered me as a as a young person growing up. Preachers would get up and they would preach and they would preach and they would preach about the power of God for deliverance and the Holy Ghost and healings and all of these things yet we never saw them we didn't see those things happen very very rarely I mean and it was like wait a minute now listen if, if you're preaching this there ought to be some evidence of it and that bothered me and, and and that was one of the one of the things that I told God when He called me into the ministry. I said, God, I'm not going to be one of those preachers. Either there's going to be evidence, or or I put the, I put the mic down and I'm going to sit on the pew. But there's got to be some evidence of what the power of God is able to do. And God's been faithful to be in that. There have been many that have been healed as a result of prayer. It wasn't me, but it's God, and that's all that I care about. I don't want any glory because I can't do anything. But I do want evidence so that others can see the power of God. earlier today about the, the power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Scripture tells us that at that name every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that sickness and, and every demon of, of hell is under the authority of that name. Amen. There is nothing that, that the name of Jesus does not have authority and power over. We are on the cusp of seeing a miraculous breakthrough 
not only in, in, in our city, but across the nation and across the world because the, the coming of the Lord is drawing so much nearer. Yes. We're seeing outbreaks of the Holy Ghost in places that we would have never imagined. And, and as it begins to happen in, in our, our colleges, it's spreading around through that across the nation. There, it, we just see things that are happening all over. And God saying, listen, I want this. This is my will. I want this world to see a demonstration of my power and of my love. But any time there is a moving of God, it's in response to someone being obedient to the word of God. Satan has done a, a tremendous injustice to the church. He has made so many think that you cannot hear God. There, if, you, if you took a poll across the United States, I, you would probably be amazed at how many people say, well, you know, the way I hear God is through, you know, through reading his word or, or through the preaching. Can you imagine a, a father that only communicated with his child by leaving them a note or having someone else, you know, one of, the, one of his servants or, or one of his administrators, you go tell them this. Listen, if our earthly fathers aren't going to do that, why in the world would God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, relegate His communication with us, His children, to someone else or only to a written word? But He loves you. He loves you more than you ever could imagine. We can't comprehend the love of God. service today. If you're here 
and and you want to experience this, I, I want you to I want you to experience. If you're here and, and you say, you know, I, I I've heard enough. I you know, thanks for the message, but I got to go. Lord bless you. I want you to know right now, no hard feelings. If you don't want to participate in this or, or see this, then no hard feelings. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Okay? But we're going to, the, the, those of you that remain, we're, we're going to just take a moment. And you know what? There's probably going to be that awkward silence. <laughs> The bane of public speaking. Every speech class, every you know, every coursework that I've taken, everything that I've studied, dead air is is you know all oh, that's that's hate. But you know what? This is not my show. And sometimes we have to have that little awkward silence for us to. To get our minds on God and let God begin to speak to us. And what I want us to do, and I can promise you it's not going to take long, is I want us just to take a few minutes. We're we're still early. I'll I'll get you out before 2 o'clock, I promise. (laughs) You'll have all afternoon. It's not even football season. What do you have to go on? But we're going to take just a few moments and we're going to let the Lord begin to speak to his children. And then when God does, all right, this is where it puts pressure on you. Because God's will, he's going to speak. I have no doubt. And he's going to speak to you individually. If you haven't ever heard God speak to you, they'll, they'll be, you will know that it's him. But God always seems to do something to where he, he lets you know that whenever you hear this voice or whenever you, you know, whatever, whenever this happens, one thing that God did with me, and this is just me, is God said, Mark, whenever I talk to you, I will address you by name. Okay. When I normally, you know, just have thoughts on my own, I don't address myself by name. I don't say, Mark, here's what I think you should do. Do you? (laughs) But God told me, he said, listen, whenever I'm addressing you, I'll call you by name. And he's done that every time. Daily, the Lord will address me by name. And I'm not saying that that's how God will do it, but you're going to know, okay? If, if you've got the Holy Ghost, if you're here, and you've got the Spirit of God dwelling within you, you will know that God is speaking to you. And when God does, when he speaks to you, whatever it is, I just want you to respond. It may be that he asks you a question. Respond and answer. That begins communication. Someone asks you a question and you sit there and ponder it in your mind and look around. The, the conversation stops. You have to answer. It may be as simple as just answering. 
God may, you know, already have some communication with you, and God may give, instruct you in something to do. He may instruct you to, to read a Bible verse. He may instruct you to, to pray for something. Whatever it is, are, are you willing to do what God instructs you to do? Then right now, we're going to take just a few minutes. I want you just to get your mind focused on God. Let God begin to speak to 